This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week, I landed on Kentucky. Ooh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I literally just thought that. I love Kentucky Fried Chicken. I do, too. Just for the outside part. Yeah, that's really the best part, just the chicken skin. So what happened in Kentucky? We are going to talk about a small town. Ooh. It's called Brooksville, Kentucky. Okay. It has a population of fewer than 650 people. Okay. Wow. So, so real small. Super small. Um, we are also going to talk about another disappearance. Three weeks of disappearance, folks. Yes. I like disappearance stories, weirdly enough. I like when, I don't know, Kyle always gets mad at me because he, he likes, if he watches true crime, he wants, he wants answers at the end. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I like the mystery behind it. It's always fascinating to me. Well, then it's just a story, right? Mm-hmm. It's, if you have a beginning, middle and end, that's a story. Yeah. But what sucks you in is the not knowing. It's the unknown. Yeah. This person could be your next door neighbor. Very true. And you never would know. Very true. So what happened? Who okay. disappeared in this <laughs> tiny little town of Brooksville, Kentucky? Because I'm at, like, I hear small town, and like immediately my mind just thinks like bad things don't happen in small towns, small mm-hmm. communities, but it does. It does, which makes it even more weird because in these small communities, people leave their doors open, they unlock them, they don't. Yeah. They don't. They're not as aware as living in a big town yeah i would think present day they probably lock their doors there's too much evil in this world i mean i not. don't i'm not in a small town i would maybe you would because you, you know there won't be security systems cameras. <laughs> and then i'm like the weirdo who's like all freaked out down the street they're like oh did you see all those cameras on andy's house down there then they're going to be afraid of you. Like, why the hell does he have all of those? <laughs> be afraid of me. That's fine. On October 21st, 1997, Erica Frazier disappeared from the small town of Brooksville and hasn't been seen since. Okay. 17-year-old Erica was a resident of Germantown, Kentucky, 50 miles south of Cincinnati in Ohio. She was a senior at Bracken County High School. Okay. And she worked part-time at Caroda's Pizza in Augusta. And okay. I'm assuming all of these little towns are all right next to one another. It sounds like it. If she lived yeah. in one, worked in another, it's got to be like a small-knit like mm-hmm. group of cities. Right, right. And I think of like when I lived in Utah, there was like three, four towns within like 20 minutes of each other. So that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Right before her disappearance, she actually requested more hours at the pizza shop. Okay. Because she wanted to start getting some money. Um, She planned to enroll into Northern Kentucky University after graduating. And she wanted to study accounting. Authorities don't believe Erica left her on her own accord. She had no history of running away. She was a good student. 
She had a steady boyfriend and there was no sign of any trouble in her life. And she also didn't tell anybody she was planning to travel anywhere. So none of her friends or anything, which you always divulge those things, maybe to your best friend or. Yeah. 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 Whatever. If you're thinking, if you're thinking those things, I mean, especially as a teenager, you're going to talk to somebody about it. Mm hmm. Erica was seen about 9 p.m., 10 p.m. at the Video and Tan in Brooksville, which I don't know what that is, but I kind of like I'm intrigued. Video and Tan? Video and Tan. So N Tan. So it's like. Interesting. It's like a video place with a tanning place. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Is it like a. I don't know. Is it. <laughs> <laughs> I I looked it up and I wish I hadn't because some weird stuff pulled up. Um, <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking it's like a tanning salon mixed with like maybe like a blockbuster. That's that's what you would only assume when it says video, the letter N and tan. <laughs> right, but like I just want to know the person who thought like those two things needed to be combined because that's interesting to me. I mean, it's a little it's a niche, right? Yes. <laughs> I guess. There's nothing like it in the world. Right. Erica was socializing with her friends that night, and uh, Erica had a 1998 Pontiac Bonneville, which authorities discovered unlocked and abandoned off of Franck Road. Oh, no. Between two bales of hay in a field. Even weirder. Okay. The vehicle was approximately one mile from the video in Tan. Weird. Her purse, wallet, checkbook, and money were all inside the car, but there was no sign of her at the scene. Erica's car keys were also missing for some time afterwards, but were later discovered across the road under some leaves. Okay. There was no sign of Erica near the car, nor were there any signs of any foul play. Okay. So a man was questioned about Erica's disappearance later. Uh, this man actually shot his wife later on after committing suicide. Okay. And I, I don't know how they connected to the two. So authorities ruled him out as a suspect before he died, but they went and spoke with him anyway. Okay. Before that, he had an alibi for the night. There's also another suspect named Shane M. Simcox. He was an acquaintance of Erica's. um, And the night that Erica vanished, she had been with Simcox for some reason. He stated that he gave she gave him a ride to his house, dropping him off around nine. And then Simcox was later expelled from school for threatening a teacher. Okay. He has a criminal record and he refused to take a lie detector test in connection with Erica's case. Oh, no. But he's maintained his innocence in all of this. And there's been no convincing evidence against him. However, he's considered a person of interest in Erica's disappearance. Okay. Um, He later served jail time in Kentucky for three separate felonies. So he was kind of a bad apple. Yeah, sounds like it. So that night in October, when Erica disappeared, there was no word from Erica. According to Amanda, the principal of Bracken County High School, they made a school-wide announcement telling students to share any information they had about where Erica's whereabouts okay. the night before. 
People in Brooksville had started to notice Erica hanging out with what the principal called a rough crowd. Okay. So when Erica's mother called the police to report that her daughter hadn't returned home, friends assumed that she was just out being a willful teenager just roaming the streets. Okay. Because she was hanging out with a rough crowd. The chief deputy, Bob Scott, Mm -hmm. had an interview with Dateline and told them that authorities found Erica's car abandoned the next day or later that day. There wasn't enough evidence to help investigators piece together anything. It was all just a little bit weird. Okay. He said there was nothing in the car when we led, when that would lead anyone to believe that there was foul play. We weren't even able to find fingerprints, and there were no foreign hairs or nothing in the purse. Okay. Amanda told Dateline that she and Erica spent every day together laughing and passing notes in class. They even shared a locker in high school. That day in school, though, just before Erica went missing, the two friends had actually argued. Okay. That became, unfortunately, Amanda's last memory of Erica as a is them arguing, which, you know, she feels really bad about to this day. Amanda also said later on the day of graduation, it really hit her when she saw Erica's seat, like, empty at graduation. Okay. Um, Yeah, that would be very upsetting. Yes. They were all, like, forced to come to terms that they had to deal with a disappearance in their own town, and especially one of their classmates. Yeah. And so 24 years now. The whole town is still wondering what happened to Erica. Yeah. Amanda, usually in small towns, I've lived through this. You go cruising around the small town and like drive down Main Street and hang out in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. But Amanda and Erica used to do this. But that night, of course, they didn't because they had just argued that day. Uh, but other friends have were doing this. And they also said that. Shane Simcox was cruising the streets. <laughs> I don't know. They're just throwing a lot of shade at Shane and this married man that later killed himself. Okay. So there's a lot of theories going around. The police started looking at that Simcox guy. He was the last of the friends to be dropped dropped off by her. Simcox was the suspect in November 1997, and he told Kentucky Post that he was the prime suspect, and police made no such announcement Okay, and took a closer look at him. So I don't know why he was putting himself in the middle of it, why he, he they wanted to, why he wanted to, like... Be the prime suspect? Be the prime su- suspect in this. It's so dumb. Yeah, that's, that's really odd. <laughs> like, why would you say that? I know. I feel like it's, like, incriminating yourself. Yeah. The police got warrants for his uh, house and nothing came of it. And there was nothing of value to the investigation. Okay. So obviously he was dropped as a suspect. They looked into the best friend, Amanda. They were tipped off that they had a falling out and she was questioned. And she also provided an alibi for the night of the disappearance. Okay. And they also said an argument really isn't a falling out. And there should be no foul play about what they argued about. So there's no cause and effect of it for some reason. I don't know why they even looked into it because 17-year-olds have fights. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Drama, drama, drama. Right. Okay, so something weird. During 
an appearance in the Montel Williams show. Do you remember that show? Yes, I do. You remember the psychic Sylvia Brown? Yes, I do. <laughs> she mentioned a specific man from Brooksville. Okay. And that he was the killer. Okay. <laughs> the, the show muted out the actual name that she said, but a lot of people said they could like figure out what she said just by her. They didn't mute out the whole entire thing or the beginning of it or whatever it may be. So people like kind of figured out what who she said. But she actually said the the man that was married that killed his wife mm-hmm. and then killed himself. So the man was married and considered to be much older than Erica. And obviously the police already looked into him and he was ruled out as a suspect. Yeah. But I thought that was a little weird that Sylvia Brown. Yeah. Was like, he did. Yeah. Some people think she just walked away. Okay. Which, like we kind of talked about earlier, I mean, that doesn't seem very likely at all. Right. Because she made she made a lot of plans. She knew what she was going to do. She was going to go to the university. She wanted to get more hours at her work. Mm-hmm. Like, And th- she had just asked for that. Unless something hugely drastic happened within 24 hours of her disappearing, there's n- that would make her walk away. Right. There, There's no indication of her just walking away. Yeah. And there's been no, like, activity on her bank account since then. There's yeah. been nothing. Lastly, there's also now I want to talk a little bit about a neighboring county that's about 82 miles away. Okay. There was a similar case that happened that you can compare Erica's case to. Mm-hmm. So this person's name was Alana Gwinner. She was described as a woman bursting with personality. Um, she was a college student. And then she disappeared in December of 1997. Okay. So just a few months after. It was 1 a.m., and the 23-year-old had left the bowling alley in Fairfield where she had been playing pool. She planned to go meet up with her boyfriend, so she walked out to her car and was never seen alive again. Okay. A month later, in January 1998, she was found dead in the Ohio River. Okay. Police investigated this case and ruled that the case was a homicide. Okay. And she was likely attacked. Um, before she made it to her car. To this day, Alana's car has never been located, and police believe it may still hold some evidence to help solve the case. It's possible that Alana was disposed of with her car in the river. A later investigation by students reviewing the case turned up that a witness who believed they saw Alana speaking with an older man wearing a shirt and dress pants by her car. And so due to the similarities in both these disappearances, they think that Alana and Erica's case might be connected. Okay. But they won't know officially because, of course, they didn't find the car for Alana. Mm -hmm. And with Erica's car, everything was wiped clean. There was no fingerprints. There was no forensic evidence like Mm -hmm. we talked about. So I don't know if even if they find Alana's car, that they'll be connected in any way. But that's what the authorities are thinking. Interesting. So that's all. That's all that I have on Erica. Yeah. And it's a little bit weird. Yeah. One hundred percent. This is there's so many different theories. Montel Williams is in it. That's fun. <laughs> Sylvia Brown. Yeah. Kind of wild. I mean. I wouldn't be surprised if they were connected. I mean, 
the people that went missing kind of sound similar in age and mm-hmm. everything and just kind of similar circumstances. But who knows? We And we might not ever know. We won't. But if anyone has any information, please reach out to the Brooksville, Kentucky PD. Yes, do that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. If you need to contact us, please email MVP at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast. My Village Productions.